Hey everybody, uh, welcome to Trek to the Holodeck. I'm Jan. I'm Dylan. I'm Darius. And on this show, we definitively rank the best holodeck episodes of all time, and we do a, a really good job. I gotta say. Yeah, we judge these episodes based off of a few criteria. Our criteria are dialogue, romance, action, suspense, camp, and sticks. And what qualifies as a holodeck episode is any episode featuring the holodeck or like a hollow suite, uh, even if it's extremely brief, because mm-hmm. we want to make a definitive list that includes some episodes that don't have much at all. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, this week's episode that we're doing is the Encounter at Farpoint, season one, episode one of The Next Generation. It's canonically, I think, the first time we see what we know as the holodeck. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to briefly talk about the Practical Joker, which is an animated series episode where they have what's called the rec room. And it's hotly debated whether it's canon or not, but it's like the predecessor to the holodeck. Hotly debated. So please join us on our journey. And our, tr- are we doing the the thing? We doing it all together? <laughs> I can't find a way to phrase. Here it. Here we go. Our trek to, 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 to the holiday. Let's do that again. Okay. Definitely. Uh, I do it. <laughs> I disengage the safety protocols. Not that even a holographic bullet can kill. It's all a holographic simulation. Yes. Sorry, guys. I don't know. My brain's like, really, I don't know what's going on. Encounter at Farpoint. Uh, this is, as Darius mentioned, the first time we ever go to the mm-hmm. holodeck. In Star Trek history. Totally. Technically. Technically. Canonized. And it includes all of our favorite characters, too. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of of fan favorites. Yes. Wesley's obviously everyone's favorite character, correct? Huge. Yeah. Big fan of Wesley. Best child actor of his time. (laughs) I can confirm. (laughs) Holodeck first appears at the 53rd minute-ish if you're watching the episodes combined, which is what Netflix does automatically. Yeah, which is nice. Because it's actually a two-parter. The director of the episode is Corey Allen, who's an actor, uh, or uh, was an actor and also a director, obviously. And it was written by DC Fontana and Gene Roddenberry. Yeah. The quick rundown of the episode, uh, and we're only going to really talk about the holodeck part of it, but the quick rundown is basically Picard just took over the Enterprise. Brand new ship. Um, and he's kind of getting his brand new ship, just taking it over, getting the crew together that we're going to know as the mm-hmm. crew of the next generation's uh, Enterprise. And they're going to this place called Farpoint to pick up more of the crew. And they run into Q. Um, they don't know him as Q yet. This is the first time we see Q. Um, and Q basically wants to put humanity on trial for all of their sins. Like basically everything humanity's ever done bad. Yeah. And gives... Picard and the Enterprise a chance to basically exonerate humanity by doing something within this episode that shows that they are merciful race. Yeah, which I read, interestingly enough, that Q is literally only added to make it a two-hour episode because Paramount wanted it to be a two-hour episode, and Gene Roddenberry and the other lady just wrote the one-hour episode with the alien and the Farpoint thing, so they had to add Q to make it longer essentially well they definitely did they definitely made it longer <laughs> they definitely i don't did. know if it was a good longer but it was definitely longer <laughs> i will say that creating q may not have been right for this episode but it is great for this yeah, yeah totally uh, i think I, totally yeah, uh, john lancy crushes it he's super fun he's one of my favorite retur- yeah recurring characters and it makes while i think this pilot personally is one of the weakest pilots of the series of all the series i think that it works really well with the series finale of the next generation yeah all good things mm-hmm. so they, they're a good pairing uh, but uh, yeah, I think it is kind of a weak pilot because they're they're doing all this weird stuff. There's like these old sensibilities of the '60s mm-hmm. and the '80s, like kind of campiness is great. 
but they're trying to keep it they're trying to make it have that feeling of the original star trek series but be different yeah you can see that and i kind of love it but i kind of hate it at the same time yeah same so the holodeck segment yeah yeah holodeck episode yeah so this occurs uh, (laughs) at the point where Riker has joined the crew of the enterprise d as the first officer and he's looking for lieutenant commander data uh, so he asks the computer where to find him. And I believe the computer in this episode is not Majel Barrett Roddenberry, but just a, an uncredited actor. Just a random actor. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Uh, but sounds very similar. Yeah. Uh, and says that Data is located in Holodeck 4J. Well, he's just hanging out by Data's a tree. Data's just walking around, right? He's just like... He... Yeah, we find out he's just... He's, <laughs> he's literally getting... in a tree. He has climbed a tree. <laughs> But basically, yeah, Riker <laughs> enters the holodeck, um, sees this magical forest, and basically is kind of amazed. It's also, uh, I think, should be noted within the episode, right after he's been down at Farpoint, and things have just been kind of appearing mm-hmm. for people. Uh, oh, yeah, super just, weird. Like, things that they want have been appearing randomly. So it kind of fits in, I feel like, with the episode in a weird way of like these things materializing illusions from a seemingly magic versus technology that is effectively like magic because it's so complex. Yeah. Yeah. And so he, um, he like walks in and like is looking for data and like kind of makes his way through this forest and then tries to cross a stream and then finds like a rock that's a little loose, (laughs) which we'll come back to in a second. Chekhov's rock here. It's a huge (laughs) part. Chekhov's rock for sure. Truly. And then finds Data whistling um, Pop Goes the Weasel, I think, in a tree. Yeah. Something super weird. What's what's so great about this, too, is like this is the pilot, right? So the actors haven't fully developed their characters or they don't know, settled into their characters yet. And I feel like Brent Spiner here is very Lori as Data. Yeah, he's super robot-y. Robotnik. Well, I I feel like he's less robotic. Really? Yeah, because he's like, when he says marvelous how easily humans do that he's got like that weird like half smile and he's just like wistful i guess that's almost. true i guess i saw that as like robot like scary robot he's oh, more yeah. like scary robot in this where it's totally. just like you know I, yeah i understand not fun robot. yeah that's no what he I, is I he is so. creepy and Riker gets that vibe he's like i don't know how i feel about that yeah totally and Riker, yeah just straight up goes like you think you're superior to us? And he like has that like he hits it straight am I on. I have to like kill a machine yeah. at some point on this ship. Is this gonna be a problem? <laughs> and then Data basically puts that to rest and basically goes like, No, I'd be human if I if I could. Yeah, I want like, to yeah. I really just want to be human. And so that like <laughs> since we're rating these, we're we can do a recap recap of this one because it's such a short segment. It's so short. So usually short. we structure this as based on categories but i will say there is a little bit of a wistful way that Riker says like we're gonna have a great relationship oh yeah oh totally oh, Riker's like a little romantic says, you know yeah he's always he also romantic says the pinocchio joke like a little late a little too late to the point where like everyone who's watching the episode already made the joke in their head and then he kind of like says it out loud <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> pinocchio Pinocchio. <laughs> there are some really great lines of dialogue in this, I gotta say. Totally. And then uh, Wesley, um, as they're coming back and are basically looking to exit the holodeck, Wesley comes in, and Wesley is Beverly Crusher's kid, if you don't know anything about Star Trek and you're listening to this. And she had just brought him on board, and Wesley had basically just had an, a situation with picard where picard got really angry because wesley kind of like knew what was going on on the bridge yeah well because he showed up and yeah so he need he wesley needs a break he needs he needs to yeah. relax take a load off um and finds his way into the the holodeck and so like wesley is like all excited about what's going on in the holodeck he's like oh my god it's it looks almost real and he starts crossing the stream that we saw Riker cross earlier and Riker <laughs> looks at him shit. and he's like uh-oh that Chekhov's rock that i just talked about is is gonna be his foil and yells out to wesley look out the last rock is a little loose and what does wesley do classic just classic, classic. Wesley. just falls in the water gets classic real wesley. splashy wetty <laughs> So I, I want to talk about how the holodeck actually works because Data explains it mostly throughout their time in the forest. And 
I could be wrong about this, but essentially it's taking images from, it's essentially working as a, a transporter, basically. It's taking images from real places and then like... Yeah, so I did a deep, a kind of a deep dive into the holodeck um, and how it works and like stuff like that. Um, and I did a deep dive on uh, everyone's favorite website for fan things. Memory Alpha? Fandom. Oh, fandom. Oh, memory alpha. Yeah. Memory alpha fandom. Basically. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, from what they set up, it works off of transporter technology. Um, cause a transporter takes matter from one place and rebuilds it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It, it basically uses transporter technology and replicator tra- technology to create matter, like create things out of matter and energy so that people, can interact with it. It also does a little bit of replicating where mm-hmm. for certain things, it'll replicate actual things for them to make uh, it feel more real. So like in this episode, it replicated the water mm-hmm. in the stream to make real water. So it's like a so mixture that, essentially. So that when Wesley walks out of the holodeck and Picard catches them, he's all wet. And because things can't exist outside the holodeck only for like a, a few seconds or moments. Yeah, like and yeah. then they Photons go back to energy. But Wesley's still wet, so that water's real. So, like, the holodeck does a, a combination of creating things mm-hmm. that aren't real but can feel real and actually creating real things. So that's Which, how they create all the fantasy stuff is basically, like, yeah. taking from one thing and making things that it can't take from somewhere else. I think, yeah. like, yeah, the, the primary function of the holodeck, like, or most of the stuff is illusion, just visual illusion. And when you grab something, it creates little force fields to make it. And then if you eat something, they're like, oh, well, we'll replicate some food for you because we don't want yeah. you to eat yeah. photons. We'll break the <laughs> and immersion. Then the, and then the walls around the holodeck then just create holograms um, to make it feel way bigger than it actually is. Which, That's like, wild. I wonder how, in terms of design, it works. Because it's, it's a still mm-hmm. a relatively small room. Yeah. Does it? Is there like a treadmill functionality so that you don't? I don't notice? know. I I've always thought this in, too. In this scene, when he's like, "The wall's right there," and he like throws a, a rock at it, and it like hits the wall. I'm like, "How fuck you not run into that wall? Like it's oh, right fine. there. What if you wanted to go that way? What yeah. would yeah. happen?" It was also interesting on my deep dive into fandom. Whoever wrote this was like, uh, the walls uh, are holograms to make it seem like it goes further and will revert back to their, you know, just regular wall state if hit with something. And then they use Farpoint as an example. Like when uh, Data threw the rock, it wasn't able to quickly enough like simulate where the rock would have gone. And so it hits the wall oh. and like breaks the pattern. So it's like an oh. older, because this is the brand new galaxy class starship. They don't, they don't have like the, the day one firmware update yeah. on a holiday. It's not, <laughs> it's not fistful of data status. It's like, oh, bug notes, uh, through rocket wall is, did not appropriately simulate rock flying off in distance. Picard's reading like daily notes. What God, the what, fuck? What, what the fuck is all this holodeck Who's stuff doing? Ro- yeah. <laughs> I don't get a lot of also, holodeck notes. This is weird. <laughs> also, a great storytelling way of letting us know that there's a wall there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I. <laughs> but I don't know. Like, I've always thought that, too. Like, is there a treadmill situation to keep them from, like, running into the wall? You think so, I don't so, think right? it's ever explained. I really yeah. just don't think it's ever explained. And plus, like, no. there, there are other things you can think about. Like, if, if a hologram is simulating three-dimensional space in a distance that's all going that only works you know like perspective art if you're looking mm-hmm. at it from a certain yeah. angle but if there are multiple people in the holodeck looking at something from different vantage points how does that work how do you see and the the, the point is that the reality is i guess is this just magic space magic yeah space magic i'm guess i'm guessing it's similar to to like I don't know, polarization of like 3D TVs and stuff like that, where mm. they have like multiple people, you have multiple people watching it from different angles. And so it's doing the math through, <laughs> I don't know. It's dumb. It's, like, I don't get it. <laughs> I I want to, uh, one of my favorite, like super like cheesy moments in this is when, uh, when Wesley falls data, like, like robots over like a crazy, like robot ape. <laughs> yeah. And then like picks him up. Yanks and him Wesley's out. like, you're strong, mister. Like he does the like G Willikers mister thing. Totally. <laughs> like, well, Wesley is like 
He's a wonderkin. He's a genius. And he's like, oh, fuck. There's a robot on this ship? <laughs> like, what's cooler to a teenage boy than, like, a robot? Yeah, that that's really true. adds to the camp aspect of this episode oh, for sure. I think it's... also Data runs over to him like Wesley's gonna die in the stream. Oh yeah, he's going hard. It, I'm pretty sure it's not that deep of a of a like a stream. Oh yeah, river. I mean, like the safeties may not be a hundred percent. Like if the safety level were G, we've talked about like how they're yeah, different, the <laughs> like rated G, but it's probably PG. Like there's a wobbly rock to give the illusion of danger. But you just fall in the water. There's, so, so there's and not, if you hit your head, you're probably going to be fine. Right. The, like the computer not, will quickly yeah. like make that force field disappear. Yeah. Well, maybe not, because this might be a shitty early version of the holodeck, <laughs> as we've seen from the glitchy walls and the right. wobbly rocks. I, I don't think it's a, a shitty uh, early version of the holodeck. Actually, I did uh, on fandom. They have a pretty good like rundown. And whoever wrote this, obviously, they just wrote it for themselves or for whatever so it's not like canon or anything like that but there is a pretty interesting like idea and they go through the history like i'm not going to read it all but basically they're saying like the 24th century starships were not equipped with the holodecks and you can see that within a voyager episode called flashback and then like slowly and this is where it gets interesting because there's some enterprise episodes in here Mm -hmm. which means we get to watch some Enterprise episodes. Oh lord, I'm loving Enterprise episodes. <laughs> right, there's like there's a like a, awesome. a Klingon ship that has it in Enterprise, I think. Yeah, so they run into they run into an alien species called the Zerillians, and the Zerillians have a version of the holodeck, uh, which they call the Hollow Chamber, and that technology uh, gets kind of like taken in by Star Trek, uh, Starfleet, and then like. Couple decades later, mm-hmm. uh, it's the similar technology that's used on the holodeck in uh, Starfleet. That's cool. So, well, it's more like, than a couple decades, like two hundred years later. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. Hey, buddy, <laughs> if we're gonna do a little bit of nerd talk, I just want to make sure that we get the correct years. <laughs> Sorry, you're right. two on. centuries later. Two centuries later, it's Th- right here. Thank and you. I missed thank it. You. Um, uh, you said the 24th century. You mean the 23rd century? No, 24th. Because the 24th century. Prior to the 24th. Prior to the 24th. Prior gotcha. to the 20th. Yeah. So, so you're yeah. Um, uh, I just yeah, want to make sure we get the years right. <laughs> it's the 23rd century, and then we're gonna talk because like if this is gonna be a definitive into, podcast, we need to get our facts right. They also go into the U- USS Discovery and how Discovery in the 23rd century had hollow emitters, some hollow graphic technology, so they could run simulate combat simulations and mm-hmm. communications. Yeah. And then they talk about how the USS Enterprise had the recreation room. Uh, so on fandom, it is a little bit of canon, but I think it Gene should be. It's, it's not. Should be. Uh, although Jan, you did say that Gene Roddenberry wanted to do the rec room. Um, but they just didn't have the technology to do it, right? Right, yeah. It, I believe, according to uh, wikipedia.org, uh, the <laughs> <laughs> Roddenberry had the idea for a rec room or a holodeck in 1968 uh, for the third season of the original <laughs> series, but obviously didn't have the budget for it. And uh, in 73, he met uh, a person, oh gosh, I did the research, but I, I forgot to put the name here. Uh, but uh, somebody who worked on a concept of a, of a holodeck. And uh, I think they were planning on putting it in Star Trek Phase 2, but it never went off the ground. Yeah. Instead, it ends up in the animated series. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's, let's, let's go through real quick and maybe just like try to rank sure. this small holodeck scene oh, that's in do uh, Encounter at Farpoint. <laughs> So that we can at least put it on our definitive list. I will say one last thing before we transition, because you mentioned Darius that like it may have like it did exist in some ships or maybe like versions of it. But like Riker is so amazed by the holodeck here that it it feels like it must be still like really preliminary technology or not standard on yeah. starships. Star uh, so totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. because like. It, it said by 2364, the Star, uh, Federation Starfleet was already installing holodecks aboard their vessels. So, like, it's, it's definitely a newer thing at this point to be aboard most vessels. Like, I think they had it on a few vessels, but this is where it becomes kind of standard for ships to have a holodeck, mm-hmm. whether it's, like, one or, like, 16, 
you know yeah yeah depends on how big the ship is totally uh, let's just go, go down to the categories then let's do it uh, let's so, rank cool. it. Yeah. let's start with dialogue um i think the dialogue is super cheesy super and super campy oh yeah uh <laughs> i love what like wesley is like commander Riker. isn't this great <laughs> And Riker's like, God damn, I'm going to have to deal with this kid the whole trip. They really did uh, Will Wheaton uh, a bad one with the writing for that character. They like, really he was did. in a position, very you know tough what they, position. They did do good for him. His costumes, his shirts, throughout the whole series. This is not an exception. Great. Great Incredible shirts. shirts. Totally. I, I know people give Wesley, and I hate Wesley as a character, like... He gets annoying, but at the same time, like they really did write him annoying. They so they did, did write <laughs> the character yeah. very well, it's even true. though it was a very annoying character. It's tough. It's tough to to be an actor in that position. That's uh, true. Yeah. How many treks you guys got on this I'll, one? I'll give it a three, two. It is very campy, but I'll just I'm going to give more of those points to camp. I'm going to give it this much. The small amount of dialogue that's in it, um, I'm going to give it a 3.5. I'm going to go with a three. Three treks. Three treks from Dylan. All right. Uh, how about uh, the action in it? I mean, Ooh. we got we got a lot of stuff here. We got Riker Killer. leaping on a rock, <laughs> over a rock. Got Data's throwing, throwing a rock. rock. <laughs> we got Data lifting uh, Wesley up off of the ground like a superhero data jumps down from a a three or four foot height very cool very cool yeah and the way the way Riker looks at him when he does that is like oh shit yeah there's a robot (laughs) holy shit so I'm gonna give this a two maybe a little (laughs) I'll give it a two I'm gonna give it a two <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna lowball it and give it a 1.5. 1.5. Wow. Wow. I'm I'm gonna give it because I'm not gonna I'm not personally gonna adjust for inflation like you guys have been because I want to give each episode its own fair shake in a vacuum of things. <laughs> so I'm gonna give it a three because I think because I think that the action that's in it is, is pretty good solid. action. That's true. If they had if they had gone and tried to do action in there and the action was bad then I would, I'd give it less. But I think okay. the things that they did do action-wise, they did pretty well. That's so true. I'll give it a three. Yeah. That's right. right. That yanking of, uh, of Wesley out of the water is impressive stunts work. <laughs> also, the way that... <laughs> The way that Data leaps across oh, the rocks really as he's awesome. running towards I, Wesley. It's really beautiful. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that's my fantasy, actually, is falling into the water and Data coming to save me. And things get a w- yeah. little weird after that. You, you, re- you, say. you dream about it, yeah. <laughs> uh, in terms of romance, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful relationship between Data and Riker. That's about There's it. There's that one moment that Riker <laughs> looks at him very romantically. I love like Fra- Frakes's uh, choice for Riker. His acting choice is always like, "Can I fuck it?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is. It truly is. And I think, I think Riker, or I think Jonathan Frakes was the only actor that Gene Roddenberry was like, "Yeah, about." Like all the yeah. other ones were like, "Not sure." Like Picard was like a maybe, but Jonathan Frakes was like, "This guy fucks." Yeah, this is the guy. <laughs> we need at least one character per series that fucks. Yeah. I think that and that, that holds true. So because of because of Frakes, I'm gonna give uh, romance a one point five. I'm gonna give it a one. The look. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a one for the look. That's yeah. a lot. That's a lot of wor- a lot of work in that one look. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, suspense. Well, they do set up that rock early on I'm like what's gonna happen <laughs> yeah. with that rock you know what this ha- it has all of it it's just <laughs> there's also the amount there's also of a little it. bit of suspense there's a little bit of suspense when um Riker goes like do you think you're better than humans mm, right yeah oh, that's and you're true. like you're like oh my god is is they gonna fight? about to become like killer of human robot murder robot and then he diffuses that suspense with just being like no I want to be human so yeah there's a little bit of suspense there it, it exists mm. it's present uh, one for me. Yeah, yeah. One, one trek. God, you guys are so hard on things. We're just trying to be um, accurate here, okay, Darius? I know. 
I know. I'm giving it a two. I'm giving right. it a two. Okay. Damn. I'm glad. I almost went to highball. I almost like highballed these. I'm glad you're doing it because this would be all out of whack if we were both both going high on these ones. This and I hear right. uh, we'll, we'll do steaks next. There's no steaks. There's here. no steaks. <laughs> Zero. I mean zero okay. steaks. Maybe there's like maybe there's like point five stakes in the fact that like Wesley might hit his head and die. Wesley might die. Riker has to find data because he has to go down <laughs> to the planet with data. And if he doesn't find data, then how is he gonna go down to the planet? Yeah, you need at least like, one other person to go down the planet. That's true. Stakes yeah. is point five for me. I am giving it point five. I'm giving it a big old goose egg. Yeah, no I tricks. Think, I'm going to give it a zero <laughs> as well. I mean, like, maybe, uh, no, I'm going to give it a point 0.5 because it's like, is, is Wesley going to get dry? Is he? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's true. That's a good one. That is, yeah. A, that, yeah, that and, is a good point. And, and if we're going to, actually, I might have to change my, my answer a little bit. Because if we're going to go into stakes and we're, you're talking about, is Wesley going to get dry? When they come out <laughs> of the holodeck, which is still technically holodeck because you can see it in the background, Picard comes in High and stakes. he's just... He's really pissed off at Yo, Wesley. You're right, actually. And it's like, oh my God, is Picard going to kill Wesley at some point? Yeah, he might kill him. Actually, you know what? 0.5. You, you, you have, one. you've, yeah, 0.5 tracks. <laughs> I changed my mind. The, the look that Picard gives Wesley is like, oh fuck. Like, yeah. He's not happy. That carpet? Yo, the carpet? That's new carpet. They got to clean that shit. And I get that they have sonic showers, but like, the bathrooms must be disgusting. It's carpet everywhere. Yeah, agreed. It's it's the future. They are definitely constantly disinfecting <laughs> they things. They have like sonic don't. shitters too. Like they don't have they don't use water. Okay, when this they... is not Trek to yeah, the star sonic starship bathroom days. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I just I get really hyped up oh, no, about the carpet. Uh, okay, how about All right. this is the I left Camp. this one for last because I think it's going to do very well here. And it's camp. Yeah. Totally. Oh totally. yeah. Big time. It is so campy. From the beginning of him walking into the holodeck to the fact that Data's just literally sitting in a tree whistling pop goes the weasel and he can't get the end of it and he's also like he's a robot he should be able to whistle yeah, yeah, of all the things mechanical thing it's a very mechanical thing he's also not really looking at anything he's looking forward like at an at the other tree away. stump yeah but he's not looking out into anything else he's just like tree and then tree i think <laughs> just that's, like zoning. I, think that, I really do think that's data's attempt at daydreaming He's really ty- trying, He's to, trying daydream. to daydream. He's big time cosplaying as a human here. Like, uh, I'm going to be in the holodeck. What do humans do? <laughs> I guess like hang out in the jungle and whistle. whistle. <laughs> <laughs> and then when my other human friend shows up, explain to him how superior I am to him. That's what humans do. <laughs> but yeah, how did he not be able to whistle? How can he not whistle? It's very mechanical. Maybe he's <laughs> deliberately bad at it to be more human. Oh. Sorry, what were you going to say? Creepy. Oh, I'm just going to give it a three and a half. I'm going to give it a 3.5 for camp. I think it's, it's a pretty good category for this episode. I agree. I think 3.5. I'm going to go with a four just because of most of Wesley's lines are really delightful. And honestly, I'm hinging this on the pickup. The big superhero pickup is incredible when he picks Ooh. Wesley up. So. And also throughout like the music throughout is way over the top like when when yeah. Riker comes in it's just like incredible it's like this is just a a, a backlot set in paramount this is it's, yeah it's not you're winning me over i think i'm i think i'm changing it to a four. Oh four? shit okay Woo. yeah cool well uh, let me let me i put it through the number cruncher here put it through the put it through the computer the put computer. It the computer Jan. and the <laughs> overall score for this episode is a 2.04 Five repeating <laughs> higher than I thought. Higher it was than I be. because of you. <laughs> I know <laughs> exclusively because of you. It's also the first time we see it uh, as the holodeck that we know. So like, it, it should get a little bit of legacy points in that sense. So I'm glad it got a little higher. That's yeah. true. I think That's it, fair. Yeah, it, it. There will be episodes where it's much worse. Hey, 2.05, according to our current rankings of, it is a top three episode. <laughs> yep. the, the top, top three, three episode. It is number right. three. three. 
uh, after that could change though in a second. It could, that change. could change. Yeah, I uh, think it's gonna change after Fistful of Datas and Our Man Bashir, which currently holds the number one spot. Pretty, 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 like huge lead too, from what I remember. Yeah, oh, Our yeah. Man Bashir is like four point six. Notch. Yeah, Ooh. Ooh, that's that's gonna be tough to beat. Accessing Starfleet Archives, USS Enterprise D, ten forward. Constructing. You may now enter the holodeck. So, I'm, I'm Pert. Greetings, Pert. I am Lopec. As you can tell by my ears, I am a Vulcan. It's nice to meet you. I'm, I'm a, uh, I'm a human guy. Uh, Lewis is my last. Pert Lewis is my last name. Um, is anybody, is anyone sitting here? Do you mind if I? Have nope. a seat here? Yeah, Please no. join us. Um, yeah, cool. hey. I'm, Hi, um, I'm, per- I'm Tom. You're Tom Space. Hi, Tom. Hello, Tom. It is a pleasure to meet you. I am Lopec. As you can tell by my ears, I am a Vulcan. You're a Vulcan. I, I'm Pert Lewis. You can tell I'm I'm like you. Yeah, you're human, Pert. Do you guys, uh, have you guys seen uh, Captain Picard around? No. Uh, he has been busy, is my understanding. Yeah. Yeah, I was on a, I was on the, um, I was on the runabout on the way uh, here, and he was on the runabout with me. I tried to try to strike up a conversation, but he he was on the other side of the runabout. I couldn't. It was kind of crowded. I couldn't make my way uh, there. Mm-hmm. Um, have you? So, if you guys see him, would you mind let me know? I'm trying to I'm trying to strike up a conversation, like get on buddy buddy with with Picard. But I've also been. Do you guys see Riker? Ah, uh, yes. yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, I yeah. have seen Riker a few times in the hallways. He's always around. Right. Super so cool. cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, wow. I, think he's gonna, I was going to say the same I, thing. So cool. I think he's going to be a captain at some point. And I think it'd probably be a good idea if we became friends. Because I don't know about you, but I think Picard's cool and all, but Riker's cooler. Mm-hmm. And I think Riker's going to be a great captain, like, soon. Like, real soon. Yeah. I think I'm going to hitch my... He does seem to be on a fast track, yes. Gonna, yeah, you should get in on that. Hitch my horse to Riker. Cool. You seem to be very career-driven, Tom Space. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's... I guess you could say it's career-driven. It's actually more on the standpoint of wanting to just be friends with people in power. Like, that's all I really care about. Um, cool. I don't really care about having the power myself, you know? But, like... Well, like, do you... Are you friends with anyone in power right now? Because, like, did you guys... Did you get your permission slips for the trip to Farpoint? I'm... I'm only 17... Well, I am, I'm 37, so I do not require a permission slip to go on a way. Yeah, I'm 26. I don't need a permission slip. Shit. Wait, you need a permission slip? Do you guys want to be my legal guardian? Uh, I tried to, they did like a trip to Farpoint and I asked if I could go and they said that I needed a permission slip, but my parents are dead and I don't have like a legal guardian. And they said like, they said I couldn't go. And I was like, but my parents are dead. And they're like, sorry, guy. I'm sorry, Pert Lewis. Dang it. I'm really bummed about it. Pert, uh, that's a very much like a... Uh, you ever read the ancient human literature, Harry Potter? Yeah, it's just like that. Like, I'm the chosen one. Like, I'm Harry with no parents. And they don't see that. No, no it's, I don't think it's you're the chosen one. I just think that, like, you couldn't go to Hogsmeade because you didn't have parents. Like, you can't go to Farpoint. What is this Hogsmeade? Pert, what are the details of your parents' deaths? They, oh, man. Like, it was an early, uh, they are working on this new ship, and it, they were one of, like, the early pioneers of the ship. Ah, uh, yes, that reminds me of my story of the last two days. Yeah? Did your parents die on a ship? I hope you don't mind if I cut in the story of your parents' Yeah, dying. no, go for it. I've told it, like, a bajillion times, so, yeah, what do you Let's got? Let's for it. Let's hear it, Lopec. It feels to me as if pioneers of this ship are us, and I must say I'm slightly confused about the design. What is the purpose of the ship separating into two? Oh, you mean like yeah. having the battle deck and then like the saucer part? Like uh, civilians? Just detach- detaches? Yes. Yeah. By my estimation, it took several minutes to separate the ship, so in the event of an emergency, there would not be enough time to evacuate. Yeah, no, it's more like... Um so like they could detach the saucer and then take the other part of it as like 
the battle deck. So like yeah. the saucer is like the distraction. You know, it's like if they needed to, they could get everybody. They could split the crew, and they basically have two ships now. You know, yeah. it's like one of them is more powerful, obviously, but they basically now have two ships. So if something's tracking us, like we can, you know. Yeah. It's also pretty cool. So you would use the section of the ship with all the civilians in it as a distraction. No, no you wouldn't. I mean, I mean, you wouldn't use civilians. Like we don't really have yeah. civilians on board. There are, by my estimations, nearly seven hundred civilians assigned to the Enterprise. Well, it's also it's also just kind of cool. You ever seen it do it? It's pretty awesome. Oh, I was yeah. there. Yes, yeah, we just did it a couple days ago. You didn't think it was cool? I was supposed to be assigned to the battle bridge, but I didn't make the separation in time because I did not understand the concept. Oh, that's oh. where Picard is. He's on the battle bridge. Ah, we're still on the saucer part. At this time, is this the Enterprise D or is this it's not still, the Enterprise D? They're both D? still the I Enterprise think they're D. Both, yeah, I don't think there's any distinction. But there cannot be two ships with the name Enterprise but D. But there's one ship split in two. Yeah, same two. ship. So, so it is half a ship. I guess... Yeah, yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, technically, yes. It's 0.5 ships. It's half a well, ship. We just split in two. It just it, that's that's how it yeah. works. It's split in two, and then it locks back together. They just did it afterwards. Do you think we'll be doing this often? I have no clue. I mean, I hope so. It's kind of cool. It's pretty awesome. I like it. Just I got to make sure that I'm on the same half as Riker when when we split, because I can't. I got to be within earshot. I'm done consuming my nutritional paste. It has been a pleasure meeting you. It's been super cool to meet you, Lopek. Nice to meet you, Lopek. I'm gonna go try to find Riker. I'm gonna go try to find a legal guardian. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Uh, we did already start talking about some history and stuff, but I thought we would just flesh that out a little bit, if you guys are cool with that. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Teach me something. Sure, like, uh, this is just, these are just... (laughs) dumb facts but uh this is according to memory alpha enterprise d has at least seven holodecks so they this is i guess based on every single episode evaluated okay voyager has at least two uh deep space nine has a hollow suite which i think is run by quarks it's just one i believe so uh but i oh that's weird i feel like i always hear him say the hollow suites yeah he says he says Plural. Maybe There's it's like, maybe it's like a hotel one. and there are like a lot of rooms. Maybe that's how he kind of operates it. The hollow suite. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. he's like, come come to the hollow suites. It's never it's never singular. Right. Okay. That makes sense. I can sense. get you a hollow suite. Is he says that a lot. Because space nine is, is large. Like it could house thousands. It's of huge. Yeah. So that makes more sense. feels tiny when I'm watching it, but I forget how big it really is. So you already talked about how Roddenberry wanted the holodeck for, for the original series. Also, real quick, yeah. uh, when it comes to holodeck stuff, um, the Prometheus-class starships, uh, which we see in Message in a Bottle in Voyager, uh, are equipped with hollow emitters on every deck um, so that the EMH has higher level of access and free movement around the ship. That's a, um, that's a good point. So does that make that entire ship a holodeck, or do we differentiate between holodecks and emitted holographic projections i think we're we definitely gonna differentiate but i I, we have to but i think um it's worth like saying that uh, as things as ships get more advanced they're starting to throw hollow emitters pretty much everywhere because if you can do this stuff in a room why not try to do it over the whole ship like yeah especially if it's just like transport technology effectively Uh, there uh, and that reminds me that in discovery they make the mistake, in my opinion, of like, of saying that they're, or of having holographic communication being standard in that mm-hmm. ship, that crossfield class yeah. ship. And then they kind of ret- retcon it by having Big time. Christopher Pike saying uh, the Enterprise, the original Enterprise, having tried to put that technology in, but it just like short circuited the systems, the computer systems. So from that point yeah. on, like the implication is. It's just too memory intensive. It's just too tough on a computer of a starship to be reliable to to have on every ship. Yeah. Uh, Otherwise, it would be just a huge weird question mark of like, why aren't there hollow emitters for holographic? Yeah, on every ship for like 120 years. Yeah. Well, that's that's just Discovery making more mistakes. Well, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> there, there are things I like about that show. We, we're not going to do that podcast. Uh, we're not we'll talking about that. Because yeah. we won't ever, because they don't have any holodeck episodes. Well, there's like so. yeah. one where we have that holodeck room or whatever, but yeah. We'll do a, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do a whole Discovery episode about all it. their hollow things. That's all the time we're going to give it, ever. We will give, we will give, and this is a promise of mine, Star Trek Enterprise more time on this show <laughs> than we will give Discovery. Uh, You're the worst. What? <laughs> Apparently, so in real life, there there are such things as holographic projections. The first ones were developed, uh, the one, like visual optical ones, by a scientist by the name of Yuri Denisyuk in the USSR in 1962, and concurrently by uh, scientist Emmett Leaf and Yuris Upatniks, I think. He's Latvian, so I apologize if I mispronounce that name. He's still alive at the University of Michigan. Uh, so they, they do exist in the real world, but I don't think probably practical in any way. No, no. but I think we're working, our way, we're working our way there with uh, virtual reality. The only thing we're missing at this point, I feel like, is the ability to touch things and like interact with things physically, um, which is that huge disconnect for virtual virtual reality, right? Yeah. Oh man, I I've done VR a couple times, and one one of them was a climbing simulator, and I got intense vertigo. Just yeah. So it's that stuff is pretty convincing. Our brains are very easily tricked. There's a Voyager episode yeah, where Belana does uh, skydiving in the holodeck, which we'll get to at some point. But yeah, that that's what fun. that reminds me of. My God, the VR stuff is wild. It's kind of scary how intuitive you pick it up. Yeah. We're just we're just dumb meatbags who have programming. It's like, oh, what, <laughs> what we brains. see is real. Yeah. <laughs> so a thing that we've we've talked about a little bit already on the show is just you know what holodecks would be used for, or like what the ethics of them are. Like Bashir says, it's illegal to come to walk in, even though like Riker and Wesley both do that in Encounter at Farpoint into Data's program. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's earlier on, so maybe this uh, idea of being Protocol. illegal to walk in on people's has come into place since then because Riker and Data do it way too much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and somebody walked in on Riker, one of Riker's. Programs, like we got to make a rule about this. Like, Whoa, yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't Nobody Riker. Needs it wasn't to see Riker this. saying that we needed to make a rule about this. It was the people who walked in on him being like, oh, because man, we Riker got... turned and he was like, hey, I'm so glad you're here. Come on, like. <laughs> I gotta go, man. I gotta go, man. <laughs> and then a strongly worded letter to Picard. Uh, today I walked in on Riker doing unspeakable things, and I think we need a new rule. <laughs> and then well, they, like, they so on Federation law. <laughs> so on Memory Alpha, um, and this isn't necessarily like uh, morality stuff, but it's uh, purpose of Holodex, which is similar. Um, they talk about like obviously it was it was heavy use for uh entertainment because they're on year-long missions and they need to be mm -hmm. able to go on basically shore leave somehow without actually having shore leave yeah the other things that they uh sometimes use them for were training exercises because that's an obvious thing to use it for mm. like battle Dwarf. simulations uh combat simulations um other things are like laboratory test aids because mm. it allows you to test things not on not on people that's cool Without exploding, yeah. Yeah, uh, and other things uh, which we'll run into as we watch more of these are like visualizing 3D scenes for like crime scene analysis um, and data analysis um, and to use as like brainstorming ideas. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool. That I would love to have a holodeck. Like running out a racquetball court at the YMCA, but instead it's like a holodeck. Oh my God. I mean, you're thinking small beans here, you're man. Thinking, you're thinking like Julian Bashir right now. <laughs> oh shit yeah i forgot he's like super good at racquetball There's or like whatever that, the fuck that sport's called i think it's basically a future version of racquetball and him and uh, o'brien just get really into it for a while <laughs> yeah because they're like in their <laughs> 20s and 30s <laughs> they can't yeah. move like they and used to like, it's like okay racquetball is great hi uh so ronald moore who was uh, a writer on the next generation and later was a producer for i believe voyager and deep space nine uh has talked about how the holodeck there shouldn't be any rules for what you can do in a holodeck because it's a free society and sometimes you just got to try things out 
and you shouldn't be judged for it. Like you yourself as an individual should be able to determine what is right or what's wrong, which to me implies that Ronald in Ronald D. Moore's head, people <laughs> use the holodeck to murder their boss. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. That's like Picard's been murdered multiple times. Also like how many people have gone into a holodeck and have played through simulations and I'm not saying just Hitler but Hitler-like people <laughs> on like what happens if you kill Hitler at certain times in history? How will history work itself out? How will it change? That's a holodeck program. 100% people but, have done that, right? Yeah, there's tons of those. There's probably the eugenics like, war. <laughs> like, it always ends with them watching and going, wild. I wonder about like two seconds later. <laughs> like, they watch not, nothing. Let's, let's really... <laughs> He's really, really into not like Hitler murder simulators. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's definitely a sad thing that probably shouldn't be made light of, but people have done it oh, in this future. Or like teenagers trying to simulate how to ask a girl out, you know, or or or, or whatever. Uh, it's like, oh, I, I want to ask this person and have the holodeck like simulate it in the area, and then they just practice. That that would be a thing. I'm trying to be more wholesome. That would here. be a good thing. No, totally, yeah. totally. That would be a good thing. Definitely. They fail every time. Yeah. <laughs> no successes ever. <laughs> Computer, turn off the safety protocols. Are you sure? No, just leave them on. Just leave them on. I, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> well, it's interesting because they also talk about how in certain um, situations, in certain uh, series, how to turn safety protocols on and off is different. So like sometimes um, it's you need basically two commanding officers uh, permission, like vocal permission to turn off safety protocols. And in certain situations in some series, you just need the captain's uh, vocal uh, approval. And then sometimes it's you just need whoever created the program to turn them off. Yeah, it's very loosey-goosey. And sometimes the computer just turns them off because it's like this episode would have way more stakes if I turned the safety protocols off. <laughs> it's in on so the you joke. didn't specify, so I just made sure that they were off. Uh, <laughs> it's the default <laughs> position. Like as soon there's no there are no like fail safes like elevator fail safes. You know, like if if the wire breaks, it'll catch it. There's nothing like that for the holodeck. Like as soon as something in a holodeck goes wrong, it's like well, first things first. Let's turn off the safeties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make sure that's number one priority. The idea behind the holodeck, as we were talking about earlier with Gene Roddenberry wanting to do it, they eventually were able to do it in the animated series with the rec room, um, which shows up in the Practical Joker episode, which I think is season two, episode three, but I could be wrong. I think um, you're correct. Yes, I'll access it if you want to watch. It's the only place you can watch it. Uh, I was on it. Netflix for a while, and then CBS took it off. Those sons of bitches. I'm really um, bummed because it's awesome. Yeah. Now CBS, I literally had just canceled my CBS subscription the day before we were gonna do this episode, and then I was like, "Oh, Practical Joker has it in there." And then I saw that it was only available on CBS, so I had to sign back Guys, up. For why it. would you cancel CBS All Access? They have all of NCIS. Oh. It's all act. You can access See, all. If of I would have known they had NCIS, I wouldn't have canceled. You it. would never have canceled that. You but can guess access what? I have all it again. Of it. I have it again. <laughs> you can you can finish <laughs> all of it. Uh, but yeah, so um, it's actually a bigger part of the episode than I thought it was because I've never watched any of the animated series. Yeah, me either. Uh, this is the me, first time I've ever seen it yeah. either. And it and it does a great job of picking up where the original series left off. Um, I think you had said, Jan, that they were able to get most of the cast back for voice acting. From Yeah, they're credited as the voice actors, and it sounds yeah. like them, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. It's Got super the Saturday fun. Saturday morning cartoon kind of feel to it, for sure. And a bunch of weird-ass aliens, too. They oh. really went to town with the aliens on the crew. Yeah. Especially the guy with the long neck. The long neck guy. And the, and the squeaky voice. His voice. <laughs> squeaky. squeaky voice. Long neck guy with three <laughs> legs. Like, he has three legs. Three arms. Three arms. <laughs> uh, and they're like Chewbacca lady. Yeah, there's Chewbacca yep. lady. The dog lady. Who I think uh, that's the name of a species, but I forget. It's one of the founding species of the Federation. They just never really show them that often because it's a lot of makeup. Yeah, it's kind of like a whole in the Voyager deal. Home and Enterprise. 
um but basically yeah what happens is uh the they fly they're getting chased by romulans they fly through like a particle cloud an energy cloud of some sort and the particles then basically cause the computer to start playing practical jokes on the whole ship uh and nobody knows what's going on and at one point uh at one point three of the characters i can't remember exactly i think it's the doctor i think it's um and Sulu. and Sulu get caught in they're the... so angry about all these practical jokes that they're like we're gonna go into the rec room <laughs> and we're gonna go basically on vacation and they start out at the beach and then they decide instead to go on a, a nature walk and they enter this rec room that they call the rec room and it's basically what we know as the holodeck there's the arch for them to input what they want it's a big empty room um and Sulu ends up, you know, typing in something on an empty screen because they just decided not to animate anything on that screen as he was typing on it. And uh, the holodeck basically appears. It's the holodeck. It's called the rec room, but it's the holodeck. Yeah. I love when they first get to the beach and they're like, they're all just stand like they're not doing any. They're just standing there and they're like, oh, yeah, this is great. And they're just kind of standing in a weird formation. <laughs> they're just like, this is really relaxing. And it's like, oh, OK, cool. I guess you three are just going to stand there. <laughs> it, and, it, it, it was very intensive at the time to animate things. So they probably yeah, didn't no, animate no, know, them doing anything. I know, I know, I know. I just thought it was really funny. <laughs> Um, but the computer as a practical joke uh, continues to up the stakes of these practical jokes and basically decides to trap them and keep them hostage yeah. in the And then the starts room. flooding the ship with nitrous oxide at one point. So they're just... My favorite part of this whole episode is uh, George Takei like, laughing painfully, hysterically when they're in the <laughs> snowstorm being like, you know, if, if this doesn't stop, we're going we're gonna to freeze to death. Like he sounds like he's dying inside. It's so weird. Yeah, it's super strange. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, my favorite part is not in the in the rec room, but it's it's Kirk is like, "Who did this to my shirts?" And he turns around <laughs> and it says, "Kirk is a jerk." I want that shirt so bad. <laughs> I just picked up my shirts from the laundry. He basically. still put on. He still put it on and went to work. But all his shirts, he's got <laughs> yeah, he's got. You. Uh, Kirk is a jerk. Kirk is a I jerk. Still, I'm, I'm, I love the early joke of basically Spock being like, "This piece of machinery wasn't here before, and it serves no purpose." And then he like pulls his head his head away, and he's got the black rings around his eyes. And so like, like, this is the funniest yeah. thing I've ever seen. Like everybody on the so, bridge is like, "I cannot yeah. believe the level of comedy here. It is on a level I've never seen before." <laughs> I'm kind of shocked nobody, none of the movies have taken the Kirk is a jerk joke and popped that in there because it's a, it's a it's, winner. It, it's Big a big time winner. winner. It's a winner. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> the other thing I thought that they did pretty well is the computer was doing a lot of puns when he, they trapped the, uh, them in the, the rec room. Like a lot of puns going on. You're like a fell for my joke. Got to the bottom of this. Because they, they, after they fall. <laughs> they fall in the they trap. Fall in the trap. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting that they have the rec room in this episode but it's actually a secondary part of the overall plot of just the entire ship is malfunctioning and then we never see it again but i guess the, the canceled it just animated disappears. series a few, few episodes later but yeah that's true yeah yeah um, i wish they kept it going it was i the first time i watched it i was like this is awesome and the second time i watched it i was a little high and i was like this is even more awesome <laughs> 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 it's very fun so we're going to rate it, but I think uh, we're going to definitely rate it with like a uh, addendum, like an asterisk or whatever, because it's not necessary. It, it depends on who you talk to, if it's canon or not, but it's not called the holodeck. It's called the rec room. It can be on its own list. It'll be on it'll be on the list. But I think if we put an asterisk next to it, uh, we've done our due diligence. And this is uh, we're, we're, again, we, we are rating this on what happens in the rec room. So only exclusively. Kirk is a jerk. Out of put it out of your brains, yeah. guys. Put it out of your brains. So let's uh, talk about the dialogue. I think we all love the the puns. The the fell to the bottom of the pit. Yeah. The Takai shivering to death lines. 
are great. I mean, it's classic. It's classic original series dialogue for sure. Nothing special. I'll give it a three. But the puns are really I'll give good. It a three. Yeah, I'd give it a three. Yeah. Yeah, I go with that. Three's three three trecaronis. Okay, action. Another falling situation, but besides that, not a lot. Not, not a whole lot. Not a lot of action, and it is animated no. too. So I'm gonna give I'm it gonna a, give it a one point five. Yeah, I was gonna give it point five treks. Point five or one point five. I'm giving a one point five. I'm giving a point five. Point five from Dylan. One point five from Darius. I'll give it a one. Uh, romance. No romance. It's a big old zero for whoa, me. Whoa, big old goose Uhura says <laughs> a nice quiet walk through the woods, and she does it with like sort of like a. This is my. You only. might be projecting. <laughs> I might on. be projecting. A little too. <laughs> You, you think Ahura would put that on her dating profile? Like, I like long walks through the woods. On the rec room? In the rec room. In the holiday. And, yeah, in and, the rec room. Uh, the uh, doctor, I always forget his name. Um, McCoy Bones. McCoy. Leonard. Dr. McCoy Bones. Uh, well, as they're walking through the woods, does go like, you're right, Ahura. This is really nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shooting your shot. True. He shot a shot. I'm giving it a two. I'm getting a zero. Whoa. Still a big zero. I'm going to give it another 0.5. I, I guess you guys don't see what I see. Uh, for su- I don't. Suspense? Uh, are they going to freeze there's, to death? There's a good amount of suspense in there. Yeah, I. it feels a little more like high stakes. You're right, you're right. That's more of a stakes thing. Suspense is not suspense very high. Suspense is like... That's true. The suspense is pretty chill for me. Yeah, 0.5. Yeah, I would agree with that consensus. It gets the 0.5 from the stakes aspect, but yeah. Yeah. Camp, for me, is through the roof. Hella oh. cheese. Camp with Big all the time. puns. The um, puns, yeah. I'm going to give it a four. I'm giving it a I, four. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, stakes. Pretty high. Stakes are high because I'm assuming the uh, safety protocols are off. <laughs> you, yes, yeah, so you can assume correct. I would yeah, hope. And these are like, what, three high officers? Or Stuck in a least. snowstorm, yeah. laughing to death. Four. That's kind of big dark. time. Yeah, so if we guys yeah. Think, I think it's a four. Four point five. Wow, four point five. Big time. Uh four. Okay, I'll give it a three. You don't care about also. Or it is a bones. Or? It's a cartoon, so if it's they cartoon. die, they right. just draw them back in. Bring them back. It gives us an overall score, <laughs> fellas, of two point two. Oh, oh, yeah. is it lower than Farpoint? Did it higher. beat Farpoint? It beat Farpoint? Yeah, it beat Farpoint. Oh. But it's got an asterisk. It's, it's got, got an asterisk. It but it has an asterisk, so yeah. We don't yeah. include it in all the findings. It also has more substance. It's got more stuff within what we know That's as true. a holodeck than Farpoint does. So that kind of makes sense. And it's tied into the story a little bit yeah, more as well. I agree. It's more fun to watch an encounter at Farpoint. It is about a third of the length. Cool. Well, hey... Uh, this was great. Uh, I do you guys have anything else you want to talk about before we? I have like one really weird piece of information that I that I found on my research yeah. that has nothing to do with the holodeck, but just Perfect. encounter from Farpoint cool. or of Farpoint. Go um, for it. One of the ideas discussed by the production team was to uh, <clears throat> give Deanna Troy three breasts. Huh. And <laughs> Interesting. DC Fontana was like, no. <laughs> yeah, she's... No. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? No. So, why? <laughs> so what that that also means that the whole series was thinking about getting giving betazoids three breasts. Because uh, she's yes, I half guess, betazoid. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess so. The, the breast just budget weird was one. just not there for it. I'm really glad that, that she said no to that. Because that would have been weird. Yeah. This is why it's important it's to have diverse, yeah, weird. a female voice in the writers' room. <laughs> yeah. That would have been that would have been weird. Shoot to down the, those ideas. That would have been weird to the point of like, there's no point behind it at all, except for the fact that like guys are writing a few this. Dudes were, <laughs> right? A like, few dudes were like, it'd be pretty funny if she had three boobs. <laughs> that's literally it's our, it. there's no point. Like, okay, well, if she can't have three boobs, then we'll have her walk around in a cat suit all the time. Like, there's got to be some form of excess. We don't want people thinking about her as a person. She has yeah, to be an object. Oh, God. <laughs> it's terrible. She's not going to give me three boobs. It's terrible. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess they probably couldn't mean. find an actor with three boobs either. So No, I think yeah. that was the deal that was breaker, really. The, the thing. Uh, so, I th- so next week, uh, we'll be doing a Star Trek Voyager episode, our first one. Woo! 
Bride of Chaotica. Season five, episode 12. That sounds wild. Uh, which, yes, yes, it's it's very fun. Yeah. No, it's, it's a fun, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun of an episode. It's probably um, one of my favorites, actually. So I'm excited for it. Cool. Well, folks, thanks for uh, joining us. Yeah, that was our trek to the holodeck. Trek to the holodeck. Thank you for coming on this journey with us. You spent virtually every free hour in the holo suite. And for a while, I almost forgot he was a hologram. That means the holodeck safeties are off. Computer, execute complete shutdown of the holodeck. All holo simulations have been terminated. Lopec here with some information for our listeners. You may subscribe to Trek to the Holodeck on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many other Alpha Quadrant podcast sites. You may receive Trek to the Holodeck updates on Instagram, Twitter, and other subspace networks. The voice of the Trek to the Holodeck computer is provided by Verona Blue. Intro and outro music is by artist Bodyline, available now on Bandcamp and used with permission from Midwest Collective. Trek to the Holodeck is a fan podcast celebrating Star Trek. It has no affiliation with Viacom CBS or any other Star Trek rights holders. Until next week, live long and prosper. <laughs>